Welcome to the Intentifiers podcast. I'm your host, Jody Rye, bringing to you stories of intent from folks looking for more humanity in their workplaces through the lens of intentionality. Thanks for tuning in. Shall we start? Yeah. Thanks for doing this with me. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. We've known each other for... Uh, maybe, we yeah, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> say. Yeah, maybe we should It dates us. <laughs> it does date us. So interesting that we end up connecting in this way. Yeah. Doing a podcast, talking about intention, um, and your your willingness to share um, how you came about being the way you are now. Mm. And that can be a big deal for people. So I wanted to thank you, first off, for agreeing to share your story. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you wanted to share and um, your life experiences that brought you to a point where you are feeling happy and feeling fulfilled in terms of the work that you do. Um, and so let's get into that. Yeah, let's your story, do that. <laughs> your story of intent. Where do you want to start? Sure. Well, why don't I start off with um, maybe my book or some of the sure. recent projects I've been doing. So um, my intent in writing a happiness hacks book and before that doing um, a TEDx and then before that becoming a divorce coach they all kind of followed in <laughs> sequence um, my intent was to do something or some things um, that I considered practical or productive and meaningful um, and creative mm -hmm. and and I wanted to take all that I learned um, personally educationally professionally and the goal was to help others, mm -hmm. um, you know, find their happy. And also a big part of my intent was to leave a legacy book for my mm -hmm. daughter. Um, at the time I was writing, she was a preteen. Right. So, um, I mean, it was the ultimate exercise in multitasking. <laughs> I mean, I've listed off a lot of different things there. Um, but I really did want to find a way to integrate all of it, um, especially because I experienced a lot of life changes in a really short period of time and with it came a lot of like mm -hmm. emotional and mental pain and um, you know and that was all in a short period in my 30s it included my father passing away a divorce from hell mm -hmm. health issues and so you know I really came out of it with a lot so I wanted to share yeah yeah and I love find they're happy um, and speaking from you know as a mom as well the idea around legacy and what we're here for, but the different roles that we play in our lives. So you end up being, you said, you know, um, you're a lawyer in terms mm -hmm. of your academic background. Mm -hmm. And so you were, you know, and you were single at some point. And so you're in school becoming a lawyer, you end up, you know, being married and, you know, that ended up being not the case. Mm -hmm. But the legacy that exists when you are a mom is really interesting to me in terms of what motivates us and why we do what we do. True. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We're constantly looking in the mirror as well, because I think when you are raising children, it's just the stakes are different. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you look at yourself a different way as right. well. Yeah. yeah. So you ended up being um, through a few different, I don't want to say traumatic, but mm -hmm. um, life altering experiences. And you mentioned your, your, your dad passing hmm. um, and a divorce from hell. Mm -hmm. um, what came about for you in those experiences that led you to, okay, I think I'm going to write a book about how to be happy. What was it about those experiences or what was happening for you? Can you recall back um, mm -hmm. what was going on for you in that time that then made you think, maybe I need to write a book? Yeah, I think the book probably came 
out of it. It wasn't during that process. So for me, at least, you know, my typical way of dealing with things is, you know, you just kind of get back up and Mm -hmm. you have a positive attitude and, and, and you go forward. And so I think that's the way that I dealt with a lot of sort of the bigger changes, like the death of my father and my, um, just when I was shy of 30 and then there were some health issues about getting pregnant. And, um, but then I think it was, the book came out of my quest for answers, Mm, I think. So I was looking for answers and this was really, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, which was the, which was the separation and the Mm. divorce and all the circumstances surrounding that. And I realized as I was going through it, I was looking for a fix, like a quick fix, a quicker Mm. fix, like a fix. Um, because you know, to find my happy again, what that was. And so, but at the time I was so wrapped up in me and the situation Mm. and, um, because everything had changed, I had lost my bearings, life was so complicated and, um, I'd lost my confidence along with it. Mm. I had left the legal profession. So then I had to figure out what I was going to do. And then I had this two-year-old that I had to raise. Oh, and wow, so, um, so it's, you know, I lived in the self-help book section for a while. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> so, you know, I was looking for answers and I was reading this book and that book and, and, you know, um, I wasn't finding all the answers. Mm. And so, you know, I really, um, that made me unhappy (laughs) that I couldn't find them. And so that was one of, I think that was one of the things that influenced my intent for sure. And I think, as I said before, like the old Vindy would just kind of rise to the occasion and and go forward. And so I called that like Vindy 1.0 to Vindy 2.0. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Tell me a little bit more about that. So Vindy 1.0, you know, even to call yourself that and to now say, okay, well, I've kind of rejigged or I've sort of upgraded to Vindy 2.0. when we were talking about that and I was reading through through some material, I thought, you know, that there takes a lot of self-awareness to even name yourself one and then to be like, here's where I am now. You know, and there's a transition that, that had to have occurred. So maybe speak to a little bit about that in terms of what's Vindy 101.0 and what got you to 2.0 and are you happier at 2.0? Right. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so Vindy point 1.0 would have, um, I would say just risen to the occasion. I, that's the way I summarize it usually. Yeah. And I would have skipped straight to the can-do, gratitude, learning pieces. And those things had all served me very well mm-hmm. in my life up to that point. Yeah. I, you know, they, they really did. I, I'd be lying if I said they didn't. Um, <laughs> um, but it wasn't working this time. Um, mm. And so I think what Vindy 2.0 did is that she had to acknowledge first the intensity of the emotions. Mm. And so to feel all of it um, in a way that I hadn't during those earlier losses. And I think I always felt like I had to be the positive one, the Mm. supportive one, the um, capable one. Mm. And I think it became kind of a conditioned role and it, and it wasn't, it probably prevented some of my healing even in those cases. And so I think that's the way I came to think of it. Um, so this time I allowed myself to feel like the intense anger, the, um, confusion, the, um, uh, anxiety, the blame, the fear of the future, all of it. And Mm -hmm. that was a terribly humbling and scary experience at times. Um, and I never thought something like, you know, 
what had happened would happen to me, mm-hmm. but it had. Yeah. So I had to kind of um, accept that, come right. to a po- place of acceptance. And so by feeling and dealing with all those emotions, I think that allowed me to to heal, and that allowed me to dig deep to find those hacks. Right. And um, and it's through that process of of learning what served me well, and still relying on that, and then getting retooled mm-hmm. and finding new ways of like, you know, being strong. Yeah. Um, and I had to do it through learning. I had to do it through practice. I had to right. do it through flopping. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, kidding. yeah. Before I could get to that point where I was stronger and happier and more peaceful. Yeah. And, um, and I'd like to think a lot funnier as well. Totally. Um, can you remind me? You're you're one of two. You've you've got a you have a brother, right? Yeah, I have two brothers. Two I'm brothers. the youngest of three. The youngest of three. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking as you were talking about not necessarily a veil, but your way of being, whether that be you know uh, the only sister in, in a family, an Indo-Canadian family, mm-hmm. and sort of the support, the okay, just get her done. Um, you know, and this is sort of like a veil that you or a role that you took on. And I wonder about our own backgrounds in terms of how much that contributes to it. You know, your role in your family and in, in the Indo-Canadian culture, mm. where there's an expectation that you just you just get stuff done, and you're you're the calm one, and we're the one that we can rely on you. And so, that's interesting in terms of what that was like for you when you when you lost a parent, versus a real personal, direct. Your your marriage is now over. Right. And this authenticity that was required, that this veil of, okay, I can get her done, Vindy 1.0 was good, and gratitude and learning was now like, okay, I actually have to like, really come to terms with who I am now, mm-hmm. and allow- allowing those emotions to come out. And there's a real authenticity there, I guess. Yeah. So I'm curious about if you could share what that was like. Like, was it humbling? Was it scary? Was it like wow, I, I did all this stuff. It wasn't supposed to happen to me. Like, I'm a lawyer. I got married. I, you know, everything's mm-hmm. going well. I checked all the boxes. You checked all I, the boxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was that like in terms of, and now it's now it's not. Right. That, that's not the case. Right. What did that feel like? Oh, well, you know, you named some of the emotions. Like, it was scary. It was humbling. It was, um, and then also it was confusing. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was just difficult to get my bearings and figure out what, what is my purpose? What is my role? What do I do now? Because, you know, my life wasn't scripted, but there was a sequence, you know, you can, you can see how it would (laughs) unfold. And so when it's not like that anymore, it it does become very raw, Mm. right? That authenticity, that rawness, it does. um, And then you can suppress it. You can get busy with another role and say, okay, this is where I'll go. And I did a little bit of that. I would go towards certain things. And then if, but if, when that wasn't working, it, it required deeper work and right. looking and I could you know and I functioned really well I mean I was very focused as a parent through the whole thing and that mm-hmm. was where I found purpose at that point even now I find a tremendous amount of purpose there so that helped ground me yeah but then I did invest in the work in myself right. and I think that that was really important and I had the ability and support to be able to do that mm-hmm. um so yeah and so then when you come out of it you have this tendency I think people who go through like very painful painful or life altering things, they become so grateful that they want to share with others. Like they really, and it's not about telling people what to do and saying, oh, well, you really need to do this. Like, you know, sometimes people will, you know, convert religiously and then all of a sudden they want everybody to be like them. It wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't, you know, out, I wasn't knocking on doors and getting people to 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 convert convert them. Here, let me find, let me help you find you're happy. But but it was really about trying to do something productive because I had learned a lot 
and I was so grateful and I thought oh and I looked around me and I thought okay there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. grappling with these issues it's not just people going through separation you know I was um, director of career development for many uh, for a few years at Western Law School when I was younger before I became a mom and law students were going through Mm. this you know they had the parental expectations they had the this and they wanted to get the job in the big firm so even even with them they were grappling with those same issues of who am I what do I want how Mm. do I figure that out so you know it kind of showed up in different areas of my life and to answer your original question about the societal and the cultural conditioning I think definitely Mm. that plays a part when you start deconstructing all of it and saying okay well why do I feel like I always have to be the capable one or supportive one is is that just me or people telling me or am I just silently kind of accepting certain roles and so you do look a little bit deeper within that and some of it is good stuff like I don't mind it at all but it's worth questioning it yeah I think think that's the idea I think the idea is um being aware of it, being mm-hmm. aware of what's influ- influencing us or influencing our behaviors. And sometimes we don't stop and think about those things because mm-hmm. we're just in the middle of doing or checking off the boxes and not in a bad way, but you know, we're, we're born, you go to school. Many of us go to uh, higher education. You're supposed to have a job. Mm-hmm. And you know, my upbringing as an Indo-Canadian woman was okay, get educated, get married, have kids. And so right. that was sort of just, I was going through the motions and doing that, not in a bad way. Yeah. Great life. Yeah. But the idea of stopping when things weren't working well and then figuring out how to go through that didn't always happen maybe as thoroughly as it does happen when there's a real alter in, mm-hmm. in that path. Yeah. Um, and as you're talking, you, you talked about you found different ways of working through that and finding purpose in the different roles that you had, including I'm still a mom. Yes. So that was, it almost sounds like a strategy or a grounding that helped you sort of go through and figure out, okay, well, what am I going to do here in terms of getting back to the new me getting back getting to Vindy 2.0 and the starting point was being real with your feelings Mm -hmm. I'm curious about what else what were your learnings that came from that what other strategies did you learn and that you tried that you've now shared in your book I'd love to hear oh yeah this is the fun part (laughs) yeah I mean um I, yeah, I, there's a there's there's a bunch of hacks that I elaborate on in the book, but I'll share a few that were that worked well for me. Um, the first one deals kind of with mindset, okay. and um, it's an acronym I had found, which I thought was so clever. It's Q-tip, okay. and so Q-tip stands for quit taking it personally, hmm. which is awesome. I love this one. Um, so when people say or do things that hurt your feelings, you might think that it's something or interferes with your life you think it's something about you or something you've done or who you are or how you've spoken and it's a natural thing to do that Um, but what if what they do is just a reflection of them and their social conditioning and their experiences or their agenda or you know a host of other things um, or they're just basically their own reality Mm -hmm. which they may or may not even be aware of I was just gonna say oftentimes that's the thing we don't even know what we might be putting on uh, two other individuals, like like you said, and I, I was thinking about the iceberg analogy that you say, like the tipping point, and then like the the tip, and then the bottom, and mm-hmm. what's what's going on underneath. Mm-hmm. And what you just said made me think is exactly that. Well, who do they even know what's going on underneath? Right. <laughs> Let alone, so you're yeah. you're getting all worked up yes. because you're taking it personally. Yeah. But then if you stop and think, well, maybe they don't even realize what's going on for them. And regardless of what's going on, is that really supposed to be impacting me? Hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's still good to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, you know, are there some things here that can be tweaked, right? And then to look at your own behavior and and the patterns that are occurring. So if it's happening with a lot of people, is there something that I can change within myself or a different approach I can take? So, but that's still not taking it personally. That's still kind of looking at, you know, yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at yourself. So, um, yeah. So anyways, definitely, I think that strategy really helped. And then... um, there's another strategy that related to communication. And again, it's an acronym that I had found, I think, from an organization called Girl Empowerment, which I thought was clever. And it's THINK. And so um, the letters stand for, T stands for, is it true? So this is when you're, say when you're about to communicate with somebody, especially if it's a heated situation and, or you're about to give unsolicited advice, (laughs) as we often (laughs) um, do, or if it's reactive, you pause and you ask yourself these questions. Is it true? T. Um, H. Is it helpful? Okay. And I is, is it inspiring? Hmm. And N, is it really necessary? And K, is it kind? And so these are prompts for, for the individual to think about before they... Deliver the message. Deliver a message. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious about the first one in particular. Is mm. it true? What, what, what are we supposed to be asking ourselves when we ask, like, what are we supposed to be looking for when we ask that of ourselves? Well, sometimes we'll blurt something out because we're feeling a certain way, I think. Okay. And then like when you're about to say something, you think, okay, is this actually true? What I'm about to say right. about them or about the situation? Mm. Have I verified it? Do I know for sure? Right. Or, you know, am I reacting? That's the way I take the T yeah. is to just look at what you're about to say. And, and is it, you know, even true based on the facts, like, you know, subjectively and objectively, yeah. is it true? Yeah. Or is it just true for you maybe? And right. it might not be true for them. Yeah. Right. Even that's a deeper question. That's more subjective. Like I'm about to say something, but does that mean that they necessarily believe the same right. thing that I do? It reminds me of um, a conflict resolution training and sort of uh, work that I've done in the past and the idea around when you're checking something out with somebody. And oftentimes the language in mediation is as an example, they'll say, well, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or here's what I think I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, a curiosity that yes. you sort of go with. And the, this first one, is this true or is it true, makes me think of that, that there is this, as opposed to, okay, well, this is just the way it's going to be. Here's what you should do. Right. You stop and pause with a mind of curiosity and question mm-hmm. and wonder and think, mm-hmm. is it my feelings? Is it what I think? Is it, is it a perception that I'm having? Am I judging? And do that sort of self-reflection and then get into the second one. Is this going to be helpful? Yes. Is what I'm going to be saying really going to be helpful for them? And even it's like an incremental intent. Mm -hmm. What's the intent of the message I'm about to deliver? Yes, exactly. And and so you're saying that this acronym helps. I think it, it, I mean, there's so much material, even what you've described there. If it can be triggered with the T. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) You know, it is a shortcut. We're always looking for hacks, right? Because if you had to delve into the whole mediation course before you responded to an email, that would take you forever to just, you know, move forward in your life. (laughs) So sometimes you need this quick guide, especially I think it it applies a lot more when we're being reactive Mm -hmm. because those are the situations that often get us in trouble. Right. You know, or lead to a whole other host of problems Mm -hmm. because we've reacted in the moment. So I think this is a good pause. Yeah. Um, So that's why I like like that one well and this idea about our emotions you know I think about like fight or flight sometimes mm-hmm. you know and that oftentimes in like leadership training or in conversations around personal development the 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 conversation goes to well how you felt 
and you know, and it goes to the the core of uh, I'm not feeling safe or I'm feeling threatened, uh, and so that's the fight or flight sort of kicking mm-hmm. in, and then that's interesting in terms of well, if that's how you might be feeling in terms of something. Stop and see where that person's at before you even react to to helping them. Um, you know, if that's the role that you're playing versus just being in conversation. So it's something that they said, did that trigger me? Am I feeling either not safe or not good about what they just said? And and now am I going to approach it in a way that's going to make me feel whole again because I feel right. not whole from what was happened? Yeah. Uh, versus you know, when you're in conversation, this one the communication hack or the way of uh, strategy is interesting because it's one that connects directly to how you how you now are choosing to connect with others. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a neat point that you bring up. I hadn't even thought about it. That's good, Joey. <laughs> Might add that to the sequel you, of the book. You should. I'm totally. like, a it's little editorial yours. note. It's all yours. Well, um, I, do, I really like that. Well, yeah. I think the idea about communication, it's, it's our own self-talk. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, when, when we're doing that, whether it's self-talk because you're feeling not great one day, I feel mm-hmm. like shit today, so you're doing some self-talk, and if mm-hmm. it's negative, maybe you're going to mm-hmm. have a strategy to turn yourself around and do some positive talk. Yes. This acronym, I think, is fascinating because it's doing both almost. It's like self-talk for yourself mm-hmm. to walk you through before you yeah. possibly... It is incremental the way that you describe yeah. because it, it you check in with yourself, and if you are, like if, if, if it is a fight or flight, you know, you're in the back, you're, you're in the reptilian part of your brain at that yeah. point, and you're gonna and you're gonna respond that way and it takes a while to go from there to the front of the brain you know where (laughs) you're calm enough to make like a rational like you know take that moment yeah or take the day and respond to that email the next day yeah I mean this really helps in like separation and divorce I think I I share that with all my clients like you know I'm sure you do because you know it's so it can be so emotional and um so it's it that pause is really important important yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I think that when I was going through the acronym and reading it, I thought, is this true? That one to me is fascinating. But then as you go through the others, is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Mm-hmm. Even those are really interesting in terms of what's the intent in the communication that you're about to deliver. Yes. And the circumstance. Yeah. And, like, you know, and then, you know, as a divorce coach, like, of course, there must be so many heated <laughs> moments that mm-hmm. you just want to send an email or make that phone call yeah, and yeah. you're probably telling your clients, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, it is necessary <laughs> that I, that I let him know this right now in this moment. Is it, is it really is necessary? Is it really necessary? <laughs> Who is it going to serve at the end exactly. of the day, right? I need him to know that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you get those. And I think again, it's a great pause because then it makes you think about it or at least pause and say, okay, is that just necessary so that I feel better or that I get through my day and get this thing done and off my plate? Or mm. is it because they really Really need to know this thing because otherwise this will happen yeah. and, and it won't be serving anyone. So right. I do need to communicate this. Right. So just again, like you could have a separate chapter on each of these, totally. you know, letters. Um, but it's good to have something that you can kind of uh, go to, I guess. Yeah, and I think right. the go to when you're in moments of um, experiences that are heated or powerful or like you know whether it's going through a divorce or whether it's being in a conversation because you're scrapping with your spouse or your life partner whatever the Mm -hmm. case might be um we we instinctively just react and so and then you you know you talked about the brain and and i think about um uh, it's a book that i read called hold whole brain child and the author i think it's dan siegel uh, he describes the thumb as the amygdala and he does a sketch where he's like throwing the thumb out saying, okay, this is the amygdala. And when the amygdala is going like, you know, a mile a minute, it's just going all over the place. Yeah. And that your top four fingers are the rational mind. 
and that's gone. Like it's, it's gone somewhere else. And so to tuck your thumb back in and cover it with your four fingers oh. is an interesting way to visualize the rational mind and the rational brain and then to inject think as right. an example yeah you know because i like that own that you're gonna go oh, okay mm-hmm. like you said you know if mm-hmm. a client he needs to know okay yeah, the amygdala yeah. is gone you know it's it's taken over yeah, yeah and in order to get you into this think mode for communication maybe have a, 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 a talk or to yourself around is this true mm-hmm. who, yeah. is it, who is it really going to help at the end of the day yeah yeah and it re- requires a degree of honesty with yourself yeah Right. Mm. And so, again, it, it can it can start getting underneath stuff, which is, nece- again, necessary work through the whole process. Yeah. So these things can actually lead to all sorts of avenues that are, you know, beside the immediate moment and the yeah. thing that you have to do. It can be deeper work or at least it can set you up for mm-hmm. that deeper work. And at least for me, you know, following this acronym um, really helped me because. And I didn't even know the acronym at the time. It was like I was doing these things. Mm. And so it makes sense to me now that it, I think that's why I had very few regrets about how I handled myself because I didn't get like maybe sucked into that vortex of emotions Mm. of that primitive part of the brain totally so or you know there are times you do like in the beginning and but you recognize those and you're like oh I I didn't like that when I did that so I I don't think I want to do that next time yeah so just working on that so what I love about the the, your book and the idea of 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 life hacks it's you're not starting you're the book with the way you've written it you're not it's not like you're starting from um scarcity there's there's knowledge like you know when I was in school one of the profs had said the knowledge is in the room Mm -hmm. and you'll be surprised when you read through some of the material and some of the courses and you're experiencing this you're going to actually be surprised you're like oh I actually I knew that you know and so like you said there this was things that you were already sort of doing in you know different ways or shapes or forms Um, and then having these life hacks were just a neat and interesting way to sort of not necessarily speed up, but to sort of help compartmentalize the complexity of how you're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you, you put that really well because that was, you know, earlier I was talking about looking for a quick fix yeah. or a quicker fix. And when there's so much volume of material out there and things that you could be doing, like part <laughs> of it is how do I simplify this? And then for me, it was like, how do I simplify it and now share it with others? Because yeah. I'm not the only one going through this. There's other people and, it, and, and, so for instance, my book club, um, uh, just this past weekend was reviewing my book. Nice. So that was an interesting <laughs> experience. So I would talk about being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody picked a couple of hacks that resonated with them. And oh. then they talked about how they applied it in their life or how they're working on it. And, um, one of the members had talked about how all these self-help books had been recommended to her over the years. And she's like, yeah, it seemed really overwhelming. And she goes, and now I have it all in one. <laughs> she, she was so happy because there's like a workbook built into it and questions. And she says, you know, I, I read the one thing and I'm like, I can spend three months on this. I can spend like a half a year or I can spend a week. So it was good for her to have it in one place mm-hmm. in a palatable form nice. and something that wasn't you know, in such complex language, it yeah. was language that just made sense to her. And again, tapped into her inherent wisdom that she had acquired yeah. through her life. So a lot of it made sense to okay. her. And she's like, oh, this is a good way of putting it, but here's an easy way or easier way of practicing it. Yeah, so that was helpful. Yeah. And I think that the idea is, is, you know, when I was thinking about this podcast and sort of the idea of honoring human connection, you know, I feel so strongly about honoring our internal connection. You know, and your story is a really, it's a powerful one in, in my eyes because of the amount of disconnect and connect 
that you did to move forward. And then, as you said, you know, you wrote the book, but it was because you were you you weren't necessarily finding things that were working for you. You write this book and now sharing it. Who who knows what connections will come? But you just gave a really great example where there's certain certain parts of the book or certain concepts that you introduce that it resonates with somebody, and they're like, you know what, this actually okay, yeah, this I get that. Um, and even outside of the book, the resonation the resonation is that a word? I, no, we'd have to look that yeah, one up. No, that, that's not a word. Um, <laughs> even outside of the book, just the way that we we connect on a human level. Whether it be you know female to female, mum to mum, you know the, whether it's a cultural connection, mm-hmm. a lot of that can play into the influence that we then have moving forward. Yeah, um, you know, and the fact that you're a divorce coach—that's a connection in itself. Okay, well, I went through one, and right. I have this background in terms of um, technical skill around coaching, mm-hmm. combining it, but and then taking it even further. Talk about well, overall in life, there's yeah. loss that happens. Yes, yeah, and so these types of hacks can be not necessarily for folks that are going through a divorce. They could be for whatever the case might be and see if it works for them. Yeah. And having it all in one is helpful. Yeah, exactly. I think so thank well, you, you put... for getting divorced. <laughs> because you you're oh, like, then... glad I performed a public service here. Well you just put that in a new life. Totally. Even I hadn't thought about it. You that should way. be like, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I took one for the team. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. I've got to use that. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Well, you have another one that I think was really interesting. An antenna for assisting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have this thing for alliteration. I don't, I don't know if that one was a fail or a success, but I, I, that's what str- I, I thought about a TV antenna, um, looking, you know, for the signal yeah. and looking for that was the image that I had. But really, what it refers to is um, uh, compassion and giving back. Hmm. So the antenna for assisting, mm-hmm. and you know, it's based in this principle that it's a very simple principle. By helping others, we're really helping ourselves. Yeah, and um, you know, the more that you flex that muscle, the stronger it becomes, Mm -hmm. the more you're able, weight you're able to handle, um, as long as you don't get carried off with that role of always being the saver. But you know, you just have this resilience and capacity Mm -hmm. and then you start seeing opportunities everywhere. Like what you said about, it just doesn't apply to divorce. It applies to anybody going through any kind of transition. I'm moving Mm -hmm. from high school to university. That's a big transition. My kids are leaving um, the home. I'm an empty nester. That's a transition. You know, there's so many transitions transitions out there that can kind of leave us like you know confused or just mm-hmm. a little bit displaced and so you know there's there's things that we can do to help us through this and for me it was this antenna for assisting yeah. so that kind of plays into I think the way that I've lived my life that's probably the common thread that's right. kind of taken me from when I was younger mm-hmm. all the way up to this point um and I think that that's why I did the TEDx because, yeah. you know, it was about prenups and it was about agreements mm. and how to strengthen relationships, but also how to manage stress and mitigate damages. Right. So that played into kind of my vision of, you know, how do you, how do you deal with yourself? How do you deal with the world? And so it kind of all played into that. And yeah. even with working with the law students, you know, as, as the career development director, I really wanted to help these students. So then of course, what do I do? I create a ma- manual. I write this manual <laughs> to say, I think by the 
the time I finished it was like 300 pages or something on the last year I was there. But anything that they, you know, it was really, it kind of made me think, oh, this issue occurs. So Mm -hmm. this is something that we can put our attention to. So it kind of always motivates me. And so I think that's what kind of fed into the book about wanting to kind of simplify things and talk about Mm. these things and interview cool people to get their life stories and examples. And, you know, because it gave, again, gave me a way to connect with people and learn from others and yeah. so you're giving both ways well I love and I love how in the book you know and you talked about the idea of transition I like the idea around you know you know my niece and your daughter soon to be will be graduating and my, my niece mm-hmm. is graduating and uh, you know the idea for her her resume or application was to volunteer that was part of the sort of call it stress, call it like, you know, you Mm. need to put your best foot forward so you should be volunteering. Mm. But yet you talked about transition and that, okay, there's an intent and a good intent in terms of volunteering because that may help you in terms of what school you want to go to. But I loved what you said around, well, what does it do for you? Mm. You know, transitioning from high school to university is one one transition. And so volunteering can help you get there. But the, the way you said it, I think is so beautiful. Well, but the volunteering or helping others really serves the soul it does and that's such a uh, maybe simple but fundamental concept that I think we forget you mm-hmm. know even in um, in my organizational development and in an organizational behavior world in HR oftentimes we'll talk about employee engagement and there's lots of organizations that are doing a lot of things where they're providing volunteer days or they're encouraging going out and doing it with, with uh, other uh, other things or for the community mm-hmm. and the idea of what that brings in terms of um, comfort mm-hmm. but, and know, warm and fuzzy feelings. warm and fuzzy feelings and, yeah. and this idea of, of being of service to others for just the purpose of being of service for others yeah and that that's such a fundamental thing that I think we get we gets missed when we're going through you know huge transitions in life mm-hmm. um, so it's a beautiful simple concept that if you recognize that you're doing it not just to help others but the 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 power that it's going to do for you and you said that in the beginning Mm -hmm. that you know when you're helping others you're helping yourself yeah and I I really think that I mean if anything you get more out of it Mm. I think because you know that might just be a moment in time where you help someone with one thing but what it might instill in you Mm. and where it might direct you or just um, sharing that story with someone else who might then go and do something similar like the ripple effects are Mm. huge for you as well as like the people that you care about like I I do think that that's such an important concept because we've become you know so competitive and what's in it for me and Mm -hmm. how you know uh, you can't get into this school unless you have this this and so then you're you know um working so hard to you know um get these opportunities and these experiences and sometimes you know you're actually competing against people that you like and you're sabotaging them you see that like Mm -hmm. I used to see that in law school and it was like it was so disconcerting to me because I'm like oh why did we go to law school and then you but then it's the system that says okay there's these few jobs and what are you going to do to get these and and it just kind of brings out Mm -hmm. it's a real test of character like Mm -hmm. how it brings out the best and worst in you and it again an opportunity for reflection of oh I didn't like the way I did that so moving forward I'd like to do it a little bit differently and so you know sometimes you need to have those experiences yeah and you know well and the idea that we're the systems like you talked about you know um when you're going to be not when but if you end up being in 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 the mode of of getting divorced uh there's law right there's there's Mm -hmm. law there's policy there's procedure and that's a system and so you kind of have to figure out well and, and and much of that is needed in order to help folks through 
the system in terms of maintaining being human, the system of finding happiness or, 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 or being down and, and miserable because of what's going on for you, that system is, I think, not necessarily one that we tap into as readily. Like we have to find ways. Your book was almost like a system of wor working through that or working through any sort of life mm -hmm. life changes. Um, and that can be hard when, when it's very sort of prescriptive. Here's how you get divorced. You need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. Okay, great TEDx because it's like, okay, well, you might want to consider getting a prenup. It doesn't sound all, you know, you romantic, know, romantic <laughs> but there's there's reality in there. But mm -hmm. And that's sort of easy, an easy go-to. But mm -hmm. where's the go-to in terms of happiness? And mm -hmm. that's what I found so enlightening about your book was like, well, these are some go-tos. Mm -hmm. Here's a system in terms of how you want to communicate maybe, or this idea, the, the, the antenna or assisting. Mm -hmm. It sort of becomes a formal thing. Um, which I think some of us need sometimes, because otherwise, where else are we going to get it? You're not going to, you don't necessarily learn this stuff in school. Yeah. Although I do see it happening more, more, more. which is really great. Which but I, I wasn't when I was in university that that didn't come up in terms of volunteer because it's going to make you feel better. Yeah. It yeah. was volunteer because it'll look good on your application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I feel like with the book, it's like when you break it in. I guess I see happiness, you know, because there's so many books about happiness and, and, and what it means. And, and so for me, you know, like a lot of people will say, uh, you know, I'm, I'll be happy when, I'll mm -hmm. be happy when I get this or I get that job or I, you know, lose the weight or I, you know, move into my dream home, like whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Um, but that's like a state of being and our mm. states of being always change. They change from morning to afternoon, yeah. especially if we're hangry, right? <laughs> you know. Um, so I kind of thought of happiness or what I learned through my experience was it's a way of being and mm. it's got these building blocks. And so when you look at all the chapters, there are these building blocks mm -hmm. and you could flip from chapter 20 to three to seven. It's what, you know, you might be working on right. or what resonates with you. Um, so, but when you add them together, it adds up to a system or like a puzzle that's yeah. being solved, right? And yeah. it's like these hacks. And, and even when we think about hacks, like we're thinking, okay, how do we break down something that's complicated into its compartments, mm -hmm. com you know, parts and make it easier? Yeah. And we're looking for solutions. That's the, yeah, that's, right? that's, a, that's a really good definition of hack. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. And so I think that when you approach happiness that way, you realize it is the sum of its parts. Yes. And, um, I got to share this one story with you because yeah. it's one of my favorite stories. Um, in our book club, many, many years ago, we read this book called um, 19 Minutes. And it was a really sad story. It was about a Columbine-style school killing. Okay. And uh, the main, the, the, the teenager who had committed the crime, his father was an actuarist, I think actuarial scientist. Oh, yes, so, yes. And he had come up with the formula for happiness and he mm. was doing the Oprah circuit and he was oh. getting all, and it was an irony because the father was the, you know, found the formula for happiness, but the formula was R over E is equal to H. So H is happiness. Okay. R is reality, mm. but E is expectations. So R over E. So the lower your expectations, <laughs> the happier you'll be. Oh. And so this was like many years ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the formula. Yeah. And so I touted that formula as a joke, half as a joke, but half to really kind of look back and say, oh, okay, so what are our expectations here? So that is not mm. the thesis of my book no, no. at all, but it, it kind of makes you think about, you know, the formula, like the actuary probably had books and books written on this one formula and totally. it resulted in this little hack that, yeah. you know, resonated with people. But I thought it was like kind of maybe 
maybe tweet you know triggered something about that happiness question yeah. you know it was so many years ago but I I, I do remember it in my I, I actually quite I kind of like it and I think I'm going to tell my husband Sean that because he's <laughs> we've gotten to lots of fights over the years where I'm like well you just have really high expectations of me if you right. just kind of lower them you'll be so much happier like just don't expect so much from me and you'll be fine let's 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 work with the lowest common yeah, denominator totally. here yeah well it's a great story because again we're all trying to find our way right humans were complex like, and I say that all the time but I you know the more and more I work with folks and I you know get to be in real cool conversations like this with people we are beautifully complex and so what might work for one person may not work for another but the cool thing is if we don't put it out there and start connecting you don't know you don't know what the impact's going to be on you nor will you know what it's going to have on someone else Mm -hmm. when it's coming from an intent to help Right. When it's coming from um, a place where stuff happened and this worked for you. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying it out and sharing it. Um, like you said, it makes you feel good. You're serving yourself. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're going to help a few other folks as well because they're, it's a new idea or it's a different acronym or it's a different right. thought that they never wanted to try. Or they knew this or, or were trying it in a different way. Yeah. And now they're going to kind of, oh, they've connected with you and they're, or, or they've read the book and they're like, oh, okay, I never thought of it that way. Let's right. give this a go. Yeah, I'll give it a go because look what this woman's gone through. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah. through something similar and again, right. a different way of connecting. Then, yeah, I love the way that you put that because I think that you know we're all the experts on our own li- lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the expert on yours, and, and you're not the expert on mine. So, it's a great approach to begin with because mm-hmm. it's like these tools, but then you get to apply them. You get to figure out, oh, how does this yeah. work and does this fit? And it's a very non-judgmental way of approaching, I think, this whole topic, which I thought was very important mm-hmm. when I started because the last thing you want to be is sound like is a school mom saying, oh, you ought to do this. Sure. You ought to do that. Like, that's <laughs> not the approach. It's it's much gentler than that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I feel it is. And that's the response that I'm getting, which is, which yeah, is great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think that's also being clear on clear on your intent. Like, you know, I, when I was thinking about the idea about intentification and like, hey, well, what's what's different? What's the difference between intent and purpose as uh, an example? Or what's the difference between the, you know, the, the, the finding your why versus intent? And I think that, that for me, as even in sharing your story and hearing about it is that I think you're digging deeper. The why was I, I wrote this book and you shared it. it was a legacy for your daughter. And then when you kind of dig, well, what was behind the why? You've shared experiences that you've had. And then what's behind the think? Like you can even go deeper and deeper. So it's layers upon layers. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's building blocks. So the why or the purpose could be like sort of a, an eventual possible end state. But how you get there is all full of intent and full of intentions. Right. And even that can be complicated. And some of it may not work for others, but some does. And you're sharing, based on your learning and your experience, what worked for you. Yeah. Or what or what continues to work for you. Or what might be in the next version of the book that you're mm-hmm. like, wait, now wait a minute. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, Vindy, you know, 3.0 and let's, yeah. let's hear like, the Oh, I've got some new, new stuff. I'm at 3.0. Yeah. But isn't that part of the beauty yeah. of what you said? We're, not, we're only our own experts. Yes. And, and, and coming from a place of being humble. Yeah. and non-judgmental for yeah. ourselves and for others mm-hmm. is where I think the most growth comes from. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's, yeah, you put that beautifully. And I think also to honor, you know, what you do know, mm. like what you have trained to do, what experiences you have had, because there's also a tendency to diminish yes. and to underplay what we know and what we've experienced, whether it's through our education, whether it's professionally through mm-hmm. our lives. And there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, this is 
this is expertise I have, or this is expertise I've acquired. And, you know, um, and it comes with certain fields and certain experiences and to try to integrate that or to use that for some kind of benefit, but to come from like a humbler and non-judgmental space yeah. it's tricky because totally. you can get derailed and and you can you know um i think about like movie stars and sports heroes you know they get the red um carpet rolled out for them at all times by everyone so they they will they can lose their sense of reality because mm-hmm. they're surrounded by yes people and people who won't tell them the truth right. and when that that might be what they need yes. or desperately craving um and to not get caught up in that Mm -hmm. and I think for some people it's an exercise I think um maybe again going back to the whole Indo-Canadian and the social and cultural conditioning I mean it wasn't such a big deal for me because you know like we are almost kind of humbled like it's a humbler role and so I think or even being a woman you know being a caregiver and so you know you're looking at other people's needs so it's maybe an easier place to get to yeah and it's maybe harder to get to the other place of I'm the boss Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and totally comfortable in that role (laughs) as you were saying that my mind went to gender yeah um, you know for those of us that identify as being women I went to gender and I went to culture and or cultural norms and expectations of what 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 is a, a woman who is Indo-Canadian by birth um, or not but in this case that that's for you and I yeah. I think right you're yeah. born in Canada so yeah. this idea but well what are the expectations of us from others and of ourselves you know and there's like stats around even like for applying for for jobs and that you'll find um, generally speaking, men will apply even though the, the posting doesn't necessarily look like what they've got, but they'll still give it a go. Yeah. Whereas a woman may not actually do that. She'll self-screen. Yes, you know? I've heard, I and I, I, I think I watched a whole uh, TEDx on that, or TED Talk on that, Yeah. about, you know, um, how women do that and the risk-taking, mm-hmm. you know, because as, as boys, the... Um, boys are encouraged to take the risks, like if they're on the playground, whereas the girls are taught Depend, not yeah. to. And then think about how deep that totally. conditioning. Well, yeah, the conditioning. Know? And then so yeah. as you get older, even though you you, you, you can own this, you mm-hmm. know your, your shit, you know, you're, you've got it going on, and yet you may be the one holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. When you said that, I thought it was mm-hmm. so powerful because we don't necessarily... Um, recognize and celebrate ourselves and our achievements and it could be like you said a a gender thing it could be our culture it could be just conditioning from when Mm -hmm. we were kids depending on yeah you know that kind of it's complex I think even like for me when I went through the separation divorce like you know you know what you are before you know what you are during but then there's this loss of like some confidence right Mm -hmm. you're like oh but what am I am I that or was that a while ago Mm -hmm. how do I get back to that so then you know it's not even the cultural conditioning it's just circumstances yeah and getting and coming out of those circumstances and building up that confidence again and sometimes you need to do certain things it might just be a shift in your thinking but it could be that you actually have these experiences that remind you oh yeah I can do this yeah or I should do this totally. or I want to do this well it's almost yeah. like a not necessarily a blank slate but there's sort of like we talked about check boxes and so if things are sort of planned out or sort of you kind of know the path and then something happens and you're like okay now wait a minute now what am I who am I why am I mm-hmm. um, and that's why again in the book when I was reading through it I thought this is really neat that it almost formed part of how am I now and here's what I did to to sort of now kind of carve out my path yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, in that abyss. <laughs> totally. You know that gap. You that, said that void I... at one point, or not not today, but I read it somewhere where you talked about this void of, you know, emotions or sort of like this like abyss. Yeah. Like yeah. it's how do you work your way through all yeah, that? Yeah. And it could be a scary place, but it could also be terribly exciting. Yeah. 
because then you get to define it and you get to figure out like you know things that you've never tried or you know um, connections that you never saw before and you thought oh okay I could take the coaching and you could take the legal training and you could take the experience yeah. and this is how they come together and you might have all these experiences I had for instance a lot of people coming to me for divorce coaching even be- before I became a divorce coach because oh, I guess they like the way that I did it yeah. <laughs> and so they came to me for this for this help and then I'm thinking maybe I should go pro <laughs> here well, and that's hey, why yeah. it prompted me to do the certification because I'm thinking okay there's some special skills here but also there's this need yeah. there is this gap for people that you know they're not getting it necessarily from their lawyers or their families or mm-hmm. their families are so invested they're not getting the objective um, coaching sure. so there was the space here that I explored but it didn't come to me right away yeah. you know because I was doing I was kind of coaching in a different field but it totally made sense yeah. after everything I had been through very so cool. yeah very neat very cool um, I'm curious about uh, last thoughts last thoughts well um you know I think well first of all thank you for oh. inviting me onto your podcast it was such a great opportunity to talk about something I really love <laughs> um, so I was very excited and animated and um, so I'm very thankful for that and I think I think the last thought is really it's about people finding their own happy mm. and um, you know, it's, it's such a neat journey and it's hard to pause sometimes and be in the present and be in the moment. And, um, we have so much noise around us Mm. that I really encourage people to carve space out and time, even if it's a little bit of time, um, to work on themselves or, or, or to contemplate or just to be present, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to kind of carve that time out yourself. And so, I, I really hope people do that and you know if they're inspired to read the book or do something similar that's I mean that's music to my ears wonderful yeah and I'm assuming folks can easily reach out to you um, on your website and, mm-hmm. and connect and possibly share stuff that they're doing when it comes to the book and stuff and I'm sure you're probably seeing that now happening which must, must be cool in terms yeah. of oh you tried think yeah I love that I love that Very and cool. yeah so I'm kind of doing you know talks and and visiting book clubs and nice. it's great opportunities to connect one-on-one yeah and hear people's stories so I'm Very finding cool. yeah all these spin-offs that are really super cool wonderful well I appreciate uh, you being on the show uh, thank you so much for for sharing and 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 I, I love your last thoughts this idea about um, an invitation to to sit with yourself and an invitation to just give yourself permission just to be whether mm-hmm. that be in a contemplative state whether that be working on something you want to do mm-hmm. sewing whatever the case might yeah, be yeah. Um, or deciding your life is a sitcom and then just kind of playing out your day that way like <laughs> totally the possibilities are, are endless, endless. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah well thank you again yeah thank you Jody. i really appreciate it <laughs>